Hey, traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, June 15, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a continued melt-up operation. What sell-off after Jerry's speech? What sell-off after the Fed announcement? That was a one-day pullback operation. wasn't even a full day. It was a couple of hours worth of negative tape, and she's right back up making new highs. We'll go with the trend is your friend until it's over. Yes, she's still stretched from home base, but that doesn't mean we have a specific place per se far enough from home base to say, well, that's the end. We have to use our numbers above. Speaking of which, where is this market going? And I'll remind you, options expiration week, weird stuff happens. We had the futures contract roll. If you remember, we discussed it in here a while ago. They had a big spread, once again, between the incoming contract, which was the September, which is now the contract, and the outgoing contract, which was June. There was a big spread. I forgot exactly what it was. I think it was north of 40 points. And here we are. What else do we have on the docket? Well, we have something else. We have a tinfoil hat situation coming up. Here's what it is. When markets trade up into or down into these tinfoil hat events, we pay attention because if price converges with time, we have a situation, a tradable situation on our hands. When's the next tinfoil hat event? Well, we'll call it next Wednesday, give or take a day on either side. So mid-next week. And I'll remind you, markets are closed on Monday for a newly formed holiday called Juneteenth. Getting back to today's activity, you'll notice something on the chart. This is about, and I say about meaning it's close, maybe it is, maybe it's not, but it's about the biggest candle on this page that we can see. When's the next biggest one or the like biggest one. So this one, for example, has a high of 396.5 and a low of 386.5. It's 100 handles. So that's certainly bigger than today's move, but not by much. It's not every day we get a 100 handle move. Now, this one was off the March low a few days after the low was made. That was an indication of an ensuing rocket ride. You had institutional participation. They started buying up the markets. Markets started grinding higher. And here we are. Well, is this one the opposite thing? Is this exhaustion? Is this capitulation? And the answer is no, it's not, because you don't have the accompanying volume of a spike worthy of that type of candle. But you did have participation. Price is the absolute. Price is going higher. There are buyers in the market. We take it at face value. Got some comments lately about, hey, the volume is light, therefore it's bearish. A, first of all, the volume really isn't that light, and B, it's not bearish. If you look back to the lows made in 2009, for example, a long time ago at this point, the market really moved up all this time on decreasing volume when you look at the big picture, or at least lower volume, or low volume or less than the average volume in most cases. So don't get caught up in that volume conversation. Where do those come from? 
They come from a confirmation bias. We had a long discussion about this in the live trading room today. Confirmation bias. When we have a position, we're going to look for information that confirms our position. But I'll remind you and I'll warn you that for every piece of information you could find where somebody says this supports a short case, I can find a like piece of information that supports a bull case and vice versa. It's easier to just say the trend is up until something changes on the tape, until the character of the market changes, she's grinding higher, period, full stop. To where? Well, we could suggest since they're above this pivot high here of 431.73, there's a lot of space with not a lot of stuff, at least on this weekly chart, before you get to the next pivot high at 462. Is that where they're going? Well, maybe so, but not likely. There is a number in between. There's a couple of numbers in between that could really stop the tape. One of them is around 447. I would put this on a sticky note. 447 represents around three quarters of the move, the retracement. What retracement? You have a high, you have a low. They've retraced up at 447 around three quarters of the retracement. Spike it a little bit. There's a garden variety Fibonacci number at 786. Is it three quarters? Is it above or below that? It's a general area. They don't have to hit them on the nose and reverse. They spike them through. They come up short. They stay up there for a few days. But those are important places. Is there a number above from a bona fide perspective that makes me have a raised eyebrow? Well, the answer is yes, there is. How about 450? It's a big fat round number. That makes a lot of sense. And there's something else up there. So let me bring your attention to this candle right here. Why is that significant? Well, if we take a look at this candle here, and this is the week ending April 22, 2022, the market opened the week, it fell. Doesn't matter whether it fell first or second, it finished on the lows, that's negative. But what happened was it rallied first to try and recover. The market was falling, it was making a lower high. So you had a high, and now you had a potential lower high in place and they're falling. They tried to recover during this week and failed miserably, and the market went all the way down. Well, that determines to me that Mrs. Market thought that this particular place was important. That was the failure point when they tried to recover. It's right at the big fat round number of 450.01. So let's say they get up there. Maybe they spike it 452 might want to put this down on a sticky note. That would be an interesting place. 450 to 452 is a place, if they're above 447, that could be considered, and this is a trader term, put this on a sticky note, a stone cold short. Now imagine for a moment that they're up there mid next week around the tinfoil hat event. Let's say it's 447. That could work. Let's say it's 450, that could work. 452 could work. I don't know where they're going to be. What I'm saying is, if they're up in that neck of the woods during that time period, it makes for an interesting scenario. Put that on the sticky note. What about inside the numbers? Well, what we know happened today was a melt-up situation. We did have one short trade. 
It did work. It was a small trade. We had some traders that bought the long side at specific numbers, rode the market up. We had a variety of things for a variety of different traders. We always do. We say there's something for everybody. But what I'm going to do today is just scroll up. I'm going to let you read the notes, pause the video, go back to the chart, and double check the work. There's some important stuff. Like, for example, early on, we have a pivot of 437.30. We have 438.40. Now, pay attention to this. What does the pivot mean? Pivot means if price is below, the bears are in control. If price is above, let me repeat that, if price is above, the bulls are in control. A lot of times we get a bull-bear battle around there. Today we really did not. However, let's focus on 438.40. Remember, there's a method to the madness. Stay with me. Forget the pivot. We're focused on 438.40. You can see, as they're moving up early in the morning, they get above and they come back for a test. They come for a back test. Now, what I'll tell you in advance is that was the exit point. The back test was the exit point for a short trade. Now, we don't know that all this is going to go on later in the day. We're just taking the actual trading day one candle at a time. We're concerned with whether price is above or below important numbers. And if they're above, we know it activates another number above. We know if it's below, it activates another number below. So let's see what happened as the morning creeped on a little bit. Remember, pause the video, go back to the chart, and double-check the work. We had both sides of the tape if they were going to drop, and we certainly do that every single day. Now, you'll notice that the first opportunity for a short was up at 428.40, but you saw they went above it. So what actually happened? Well, we had some unfinished business, which created a zone. Getting above 438.40 opened the door for 439.45, give or take. Call it a zone which means if we're taking a short at 438.40, we can't be a one-trick pony. What's a one-trick pony? A one-contract player, a one-entry kind of trader. If you're willing to take 438.40, this is what I say in the room every day, in the live room, you have to be willing to short them higher. If you're not willing to short more than one time, you have to wait for the higher price. There's something for everybody. 439.45 was the next spot. And now you can see what happened. So traders shorted once here, maybe here in the middle, but definitely up here as we were talking through it inside the numbers live room 439.45, and they came back to the same place that they got above. So it was not a whopper. It was not a whopper junior. What it was was a trade that gave us around five points. Some got six or more. Some traders wrote it up and back down. Some traders wrote it up all day. But from a trading perspective, what was discussed, taken, exited, all that stuff in the room early in the morning, the morning trade was right here, gave us about five, six points, no big deal. But what we did know, they went back up, that was it, trade is over. We never let the remaining portion, the trailing portion, go bad on us. Even if we took partial profit here, we got a base hit out of it because we never let the other portion go bad. Once they got above 438.40 and 439.45 and they stayed there, well, that was going to open the door for 440. 440.70 was another number. You see that one? There's your 440.70. 
Now, let's also remind ourselves what resistance is. Resistance is where the market stops going higher first. It's a two-phased process. The second phase is, do they go sideways and build energy to make another move higher, another leg higher, or do they pull back or have even more than a pullback? That's the second phase of overhead resistance. So you can see that took place here, stopped going up, pulled back a little bit. Here, stopped going up, went sideways for a while. What does that tell you? They're building energy to go higher. They just couldn't come down. But overhead resistance was, in fact, overhead resistance. And if you know the numbers, you're going to be just fine. We had traders ride it up from 439.45 up to 440.70. There's something for everybody. Pause the video. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work about stocks on the move. We had nothing going today. One thing got close, no dice. We had a list on the board, but nothing hit its entry objective. So we just take that as that type of day and we move on. There's another trade around the corner. Patience, discipline, two of the hardest things in this business. Being able to keep your hands in your pocket and not invent trades out of thin air is paramount in this business. Some traders get FOMO on a day like today. A lot of traders do. They feel like they're missing it. Well, guess what? That's what swing trades are made of. If you're in a swing trade or multiple swing trades and you're participating in the rally, you don't care if you get something intraday or not. You're participating anyway. When you participate on both ends, the day trade portion and the swing trade portion, that's just gravy. It's icing on the cake. It's the cherry on top. Here's another example of an open swing trade, one of the six on the board currently. We talked about the IWM last night. Today, we'll talk about wheat. Now, in the live room about three weeks ago, one of the traders brought this up. Now, I wasn't even aware slash familiar with wheat, don't really watch wheat, don't care about wheat, but it was brought up in the room, and wheat was trading over here, and I did the work, and I said, well, it's not at the number yet. That trader wanted to buy wheat, said, hey, are they at a good price to buy it? I said, well, they're not at my number yet, so I'll wait. And I took a look, and I looked further, and I liked it more and more. And I said, you know what? This is a possible swing trade for the lazy swing trader people. About a week later, they got to the number. 592 was my number, and they're at 665 on close today. We've got profit in our pocket. The rest is a risk-free, emotionless trade. Not bad in two weeks' work. It's about 12%, 13%. to be precise. Something for everybody. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, we know what happened yesterday. We talked about it. We had the trade from the zone. We got paid on the trade from the zone. It's still an open trade because it's above the entry, but we're not going to let the rest of this trade go negative on us. If it comes back up, we'll just short it again higher or we'll use another vehicle either way. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. Sometimes they give you the Whopper, sometimes they give you the Whopper Junior. If this thing is just going sideways up in this zone, then the objective is going to be higher. Net-net, worst case is, get stopped out at break-even or a little better than break-even. And guess what? Still put a base hit in your pocket on the short IWM while the market's melting up. Not too bad. All the other trades, the other five trades on the board are all on the long side of the tape. Well, I take that back. Four out of five. One is short oil. We've been in that for a while since the end of April, and that one is still up in a trailing position. Two profits have been taken. 
It's in the Whopper camp. Let's say the IWM is just eating time off the clock. They get into the zone. They're finding overhead resistance. That's normal garden variety stuff, right? We just talked about that. The first order of businesses, they stopped going up. So they stopped going up, but if they continue doing this sideway routine, eating time off the clock, they're building energy for that secondary move or another leg higher like this, where to, well, let's use logic. How about if you just take a look at this high here, this was important for a couple of reasons. The market was selling off, tried to recover, just like we talked about on that weekly chart on the spiders before. So it tried to recover, put in a lower high, and absolutely collapsed. So this is potentially coming back to retest the former breakdown area. Got a breakdown candle high. The high here is 191.74. So just call it 191.75, 192, 191.50. Anywhere in that neighborhood, we'll put it at 191.50, and that's it. The second number we had before is no longer good. They've already done the thing. Question is, will they do more of the thing, or was that all of the thing on that particular trade? We'll see. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Another 1.5% update, 227 points, continued melt-up operation, above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend. Where are they going? Well, we talked about it already. They were going to 14,850 to 15,000. Where'd they get to today? Right into that zone. How you doing? That's the next place. It's important, it's magnetic, and it's drawing price in. 14,970 could be 15,000. Obviously, they can spike 15,000. That's the exact number from the calculator situation. What about the Q people? This one will be interesting when you see it. We talked about this in the room today, the live trading room, long before it happened. From a daily chart perspective, they're in an uptrend, they're in a melt-up. We know all that. Look at this. You put a Fibonacci retracement tool on this thing, and they've gone three-quarters of the way. 370.10 is the number. The close today is 370.26, and after hours, while I'm making this video, they're at 370.04 by 370.06. So they got sucked up to that place, and they found overhead resistance by way of they stopped going up. That's not the only thing that's up there. What else is up there? You have this pivot high right here. So somewhere in between that retracement, that pivot high, which comes in at 171.83. So what I told traders in the live room today was 170, which we knew what that was, to 172, which we knew what that was. That's a zone where they're likely not to just waltz on through like whistling past the graveyard. I would have appreciated it more had they been up there next Tuesday or Wednesday, but the market doesn't necessarily give you what you want. It gives you what she's given you, and you have to take it. Financials, weekly chart into the 50-period moving average, garden variety stuff. Take a look at the daily chart, and you see they're into the convergence. They're trying to get above these moving averages. They're trying to break out above. You see this pivot high? They got there yesterday. They closed above today. That opens the door, and above these moving averages, opens the door for another push higher. We talked about this. All the way into this candle, you don't know exactly where they're going to find resistance in this candle. Somewhere in here, they're going to get sucked up into this candle if they can sustain price, certainly on a weekly close above important moving averages and daily close above important moving averages. Here's your weekly chart. Close the week above the 50 
And if unless it's a fake out, if they keep going, they're going to start to climb this breakdown candle. All charts act and react the same way. Whatever we discuss on one chart, whether it's XLF or any other chart, can be applied to other charts in a similar setup situation. One of the few non-participants today is Smash Mouth, but they're at new highs on the daily chart, and we know the story on the longer-term chart. Look where they are. They're approaching these highs. There's nothing wrong with the SMH. It was down $1.20 today after being up tremendously over the last, whatever, several weeks. It's not a big deal. We'll call this the circle of love. Why is that? Is the SMH going to get some love and get above, or are they going to get rejected from all this stuff up there? So here's what happened. So last time they were up here, they're eating time off the clock. They're building energy for another move higher until they don't. Then they break down and they sell all the way off. Now they've come all the way back to test the same area. Are they just coming back for a test only to be rejected or are they going to bust through? We don't know the answer to that, but if the market continues higher, we continue the melt-up operation, they're going to bust through. From a swing trading perspective, is it reasonable to say, you know what, I'm going to short it as close to I can get at the highs. The high is 159.41. They're at 154 and a half, basically, a few bucks away. The big scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal. Can you short it against the high? You can. You just have to realize if they start closing candles above the high, and in this case, it's not a five-minute candle, daily and then weekly above the high, then there's no point of reference and you have to get out of the trade. But from a trading perspective, you want to be as close to risk as possible. I don't know whether they're going to bust out for another 10 bucks or find resistance at or around the highs, maybe spike the high and drop them back down. But it's a reasonable probability type of situation. It's trading 101. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.